0: Hello and welcome to episode 36 of Man vs. Business. My name is Les James and I am here with my co-host Sean McManaman. This week, Sean and I are discussing environment reviewing and gap analysis. So with that, let's go ahead and start the show. So Sean, how are you doing today? Good, Les. How are you? I'm doing fine. Weather is nice here. I'm sure it's really nice out in California.
1: Yes, so we had a hot spell. People out here think it's hot on the uh, West Coast when it gets to about 85 degrees. Oh and, no! Yeah. <laughs> now I should I should qualify that by the shore
0: in the Bay Area. That's hot. It, it gets to Texas hot in the valley. Sure, so, sure. So, um, yeah. so um, uh, we're kind of going to circle back around and kind of go back to the, uh, kind of the front end of the business and start looking at, um, information or topics as it relates to working towards business excellence. So we've spent the past couple months on very broad, high level topics, um, in which we've covered, you know, array of, of information and things. And I think we want to start kind of drilling down a little bit and, um, kind of working our way through some very specific things that, you know, I think that you and I agree or may not agree uh, has some very uh, large value towards becoming in an environment which we would classify as, you know, uh, world class or, you know, business excellence or, you know, whatever, you know, buzzword you want to use. And so we thought today we would start out with a topic of um, environment review and gap analysis. So, what we mean by that is is actually um, the activity and actions that you know a person might do or take, either you know coming into a, an environment as a new person or being elevated to a new role, and what you need to do to kind of understand. What's going on? And there's an array of of actions and activities that um, take place when you do something like that. Uh, but we want to kind of touch on all those kind of items during this during this podcast. So that's kind of where we're starting and on this particular one. And, and we're going to see what we can dive in and, and figure out from here. So, uh, you know, Sean, both of us uh, have kind of taken on new roles in our. Uh, director of operation roles, and I think this is one of the reasons why this topic has kind of hit home for me. So when you kind of went into your environment, what were some of the things that you focused on first as it relates to reviewing the environment and, you know, understanding, starting to gather up information that would help you with gaps in your environment?
1: You know, your word there, gather up, is, is, I think, the key point in that question. And coming into a new environment, especially as, as a leader, you really have to ask questions, gather information, because the organization has been operating, and, and whatever level of performance the operation has been running under is what it is, okay? So as a new person, a new leader in the organization, that's what you have to do is know what questions to ask. And and understand and listen to the answers because as you get the answer um, from different individuals and maybe even different functional areas, uh, they might not be consistent. Yeah, that will help you in understanding on on how information flows, um, information validity. You know, might not. You know, somebody and we've talked about this in our other podcasts where where people save a document that was published, you know, 15 years ago and they continue to use that. So, so finding out <laughs> the most recent, you know, quality statement that, you know, the most recent, uh, quality manual, um, you know, people might be operating under different, under different um, understandings and different documents. And there's been nobody really to tie it all together. And, and when you talk about director of operational roles, I mean, that's basically what it is, is tying, the operations from front to back together. And, yeah. I, and I like the fact that, that we've done the last whatever thirty five shows and we've talked on different topics. But circling around now and going a little deeper I think will be beneficial both to us and to hopefully the folks that listen out there and that
0: yeah I would agree. Land. I you know I you make you made me chuckle there a little bit when you talked about you know documents that you would find throughout the environment uh, that w- are old and whether they're being used or they're not being used um, I have ran across so many of those in my you know my first mm-hmm. year at my my new location it's uh, interesting when you come across those items how you hear the oh yeah I forgot about that <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah. so yeah. I knew I knew um, we had one of those but where where'd you find that
1: at <laughs> yeah see those are those are those are things that, you know, we can categorize as low hanging fruit when it comes down to correcting where people get information yes. from. Now I will say though, that, um, as, as the new person or, you know, new role, you can't get frustrated trying to fix each individual problem that you come up with. Right. I, I, I would really recommend. And one of the things that I did know is, is difficult, but I know at least for me was very important not to, not to go in and say, okay, well, this is the way we should do, you know, this process of, say, purchasing or, say, um, receiving of, of materials. Uh, you you need to understand what happens and what goes on in the organization well enough to to understand the impacts that would be affect. you know, what, what would impact the other areas of, say, invoicing and, and quality um, if you pick and choose or try to do something too fast. Now, I know and I'll go back to me, and probably you as well. The the want and the desire to sure. get things turned around quickly, based on what you know in your mind, is there. Right. And I'm not saying that you have to you have to hold back on that, but don't be afraid to gather as much information as as necessary which is more than you think at first yeah i would before say before you actually implement changes
0: yeah i would say that you definitely should be doing a ton of gathering and so to speak sticking all of that in your back pocket because at some point that information is going to become valuable and it's going to become important to a particular project that you're going to tackle but on the flip side of that i think that coming into an environment Your first, you know, I'm going to say first three months is really you're trying to understand the processes. You're trying to understand what documents they have in place. You're trying to understand even some of the intangibles, like the politics in the environment. You're trying to understand reporting structures. You're trying to understand culture. That's a big one. You know, you're trying to understand uh,
1: all those things. Right, who's got the um, the non organizational chart power? Yes, that's a very good one. Yeah, right. Um, and how and how to handle that? It's not that it's not that uh, as the leader you have to avoid it or, or tiptoe around it. But but unless you're going to you know blow things up with with putting heads with that person that, that thinks that they have all the power. Um, Because they've been around for a long time or they just happen to be, you know, the most the most knowledgeable at the hands on activity. Mm -hmm. It's a matter of it's a matter of really utilizing all your tools. And that person is a very, very valuable tool. Yeah. So so understanding how that person works, how that that, or people, however, whatever it is. And and utilizing that person to the benefit of the organization and, and the change in organization
0: that you're there to bring on. Well, and you brought up a you know a great point at the beginning of this uh, conversation in that the organization has been functioning before you most likely you know we're not necessarily talking about an environment where you're doing a startup that's a whole mm-hmm. different uh, uh, that's a whole different discussion we're talking about an organization that's been functioning to some level or another, so coming into the environment unless you've got a you know a clear directive that you're really going to just totally break things, shut things down, break things up. You know, your your goal really should be as a um, person who's trying to learn what's going on uh, within the environment so that you can be better suited to make good, solid decisions when you're ready. You know, now, the flip side of that, don't wait too long. Yes. You know, you cannot, you know, sit on those laurels for – you know, six months to a year. Um, You've Mm -hmm. got to start, you know, making some decisions. And and I believe our next podcast is going to be talking about, you know, quick wins and low-hanging fruits. But you've got to start making some changes. You've got to start discussing with leadership what does uh, the strategic direction of this organization need to be and here's what I've learned so far, and come up with a good plan between the two to say, yes, you're ready for these things, here's what we need to go and, and do, or no, we've got to get some foundational things in place, and here's what that looks like. So you're really learning and trying to help decide what's the, the next best plan of attack after you've spent that, I like saying, three months evaluating you know, the organizational as a whole, both the tangible and intangible things.
1: Absolutely. Well said. And, I, and what I'd like to bring to this, this conversation is, is that the, the tasks that would represent what you're saying there as not waiting too long, there are things that you can do along the way. Sure. Uh, pinch points, you know, there there, there are pinch points in an organization that can be that can be corrected and the culture move towards correcting for example schedule to me schedule is cut and dry yeah All If if there's been a problem so say you went to an organization and now you're in charge of operations and schedule has been one of the topics that you know you discussed prior to getting getting into that organization sure you can understand what is going on but the thing is you can always overlay the concept and the, the need and importance of meeting a schedule. And it's okay to tell folks, okay, if the schedule is supposed to be two weeks and you can never get it done in two weeks, well, let's let's break it down. And you will get plenty of help in breaking down what happens in the schedule. Now, now informing people that the schedule is important and, and, and if you can, you know, expand the expected time You know the original schedule to that three weeks instead of the two that that you would like it to be, and then and then come down. So putting out there and understanding where you are versus where you need to be has got to be one of the first steps that you do.
0: Yeah, and and I think you definitely want to make sure that you do that uh, with not only what you've learned, but with uh, a balance of of leadership support both from. People that have been there for a while, and quite honestly, people that may not have been there for a while, uh, to kind of give you a good idea of really uh, what's the right direction to go in—not the only direction to go in, but what's the right one to go in—that'll help, you know, satisfy the needs of the company.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, I guess, and that's why I just wanted to make the point that that yes, there's a there's a time to listen and a time to understand and a time to ask a lot of questions, but even even at the, at the end of, like, if you say three months um, or whatever the time frame is, is necessary based on organization, that transitional period can have certain projects that will produce a change or at least a change in culture and attitude and thought. You, you, you kind of need to change the thought process towards the important aspects of the of the, the process. So right. that's why I pick schedule because, of course, schedule is always no matter what the company is and what the product is that, that goes out. Schedule is always important. You have to have a deliverable and and making sure people understand that the deliverable date that has been set and agreed to between the sales and the customer is in, is important. And if and if it's not right, then that feedback loop has to happen. So building that process though comes you know well after this this cultural. Let's um, see introduction. I should say. Okay, you know,
0: I think that um, from a revi- environment review standpoint, that one's the one I I think of as as you know the you know the words hunter gatherer. You're going to do a lot of gathering, and you should try to gather up as much information as you can, and try to organize that information, knowing that one. You're going to either revisit it somewhere down the road, or two, you're going to be improving it somewhere down the road, or three, you're going to be scrapping it and you need to know what you just scrapped and have mm-hmm. something in That's place. Sure. You know, the other half of this, uh, this title is uh, gap analysis. So I think as you're going through this process, um, you're, you're also trying to understand where are the gaps in my organization. And, Of course, you know one of the easiest things to focus on is always a process. But remember, there can be gaps in communication. There can be gaps in um, how the, how, of course, how the business is ran. But there can be gaps in philosophy. There can be gaps in in strategy. You know, so there can be a lot of different gaps. And of course, I think of gaps as kind of uh, just being holes in the process where just something is not. Getting done. There's there's nothing in place to help um, ensure that you're being successful, and so you really, as part of this review, you want to go through and find as many of those gaps as you possibly can. Right. I'd like to add
1: to that um, in the definition of gaps. You know, gap to what? And you put it you put it nicely. A gap to being successful, and and what is the measure of success? So the upper management can can set the goal for success as whatever on time, um, high quality, all of those things. But the other thing that, that I think a person moving into a position that we're talking about here is also finding best practices and benchmarking, whatever, whatever information that you can get from other, either other industries or people in your industry that you can gather information on with respect to the things that that are important to the organization, as in culture and and communication and uh, just all-around business performance.
0: So let's touch on that for just a brief second because, you know, in a lot of the documentation that I read and I've looked at, you know, it does bring up benchmarking as one of those tools uh, to help set your environment. But me personally, I have not had much luck actually working with a competitor or working with somebody in another area enough to be able to understand and benchmark against what they're doing from a process. I can never get enough detail as to what they're doing to understand if it's something that we can do or something that uh, uh, we should look at as far as our environment to actually be better. So that's one thing I've never been successful at. Have you actually done some benchmarking? Um, in, in one organization, we did we did some benchmarking, and there are many different
1: ways of going about it. Okay, you can hire you know a third party consultant that that will do surveys and information gathering that would provide industry statistics. Uh, for what you you know what you do, and then you can you can compare yourself against those. Okay. The other thing, the other thing when when we talk about benchmarking, it's a matter of getting feedback from your sales process as well. I mean, there can be there can be data that you gather and then analyze on you know jobs one lost, okay, delivery schedule short long, you know if you win if you win them then then the industry standard then is whatever your schedule was and whatever your cost was if you lose it it's up to the sales team to really understand and try to find out why it was lost yeah so so if it was lost because of schedule okay then you have to understand that that maybe your schedule was different and as you build that data and you find out that you lose jobs because of schedule well then then the benchmark for the industry and and your and the jobs that you're bidding you know is schedule and you've got to go and attack the issue you have with schedule. So you can get a lot of information from the customers and the potential customers that you're dealing with. It's just a matter of training the sales team to ask those questions and really then record it in such a way that it can be analyzed.
0: So so I agree with you on customers. I you know, I think that from a customer standpoint, you know, I can I can see and I have been somewhat successful, you know, gathering information and, and doing stuff like that. But from a competitor standpoint, that's where I have not been successful.
1: Well, I mean, the customers the customers should give you information that not necessarily on who the competitors were, but I mean, you can always ask, "Hey, how many people did you have bidded If you don't win the job, yeah. how many people did you have bidded? Three people. Okay, we didn't win, so were were the others faster, or were the others less expensive? Blah blah blah, and, and you can try to get that data, and and that data. And I was wondering where you were going to go because I was I was hoping that we could have a uh, you know maybe a, a counter discussion you know you 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 pick one point of view and I'd pick the other but what I was going to go with regardless of what you said is that it's a matter of what the customers need is what's important to the operations.
0: Agreed. And at the end of the Ukraine. day at the end of the yeah. day you're, you're not going to get any argument out of me <laughs> yeah that at the yes. end of the day the customer is the most uh, is the best driving force for how you measure whether your organization is successful right you know so, so
1: if the customer if the customer gives you the feedback that you know technically you're not there or or something other than the standard cost and schedule you know well you know what your your, your unit is too big compared to your, your competitors. Okay, that's all very valuable information.
0: Yes. Yeah. So back to uh, gap analysis for a minute. So, you know, we talked a little bit about looking for those for those gaps in your environment, but, uh, you know, when you do a gap analysis, I think one of the podcasts we'll have later on is, is how do you uh, take a gap analysis and then do something with it? And that's where our next podcast will be talking about uh, uh, dealing with you know items that you define as quick wins or low hanging fruit. And if it's not a quick win or low hanging fruit, that'll be a you know another topic that we're going to talk about on down the road. But I, I think it's important at this stage to make sure you identify. You've got to identify all these potential areas uh, to work on and to get better in stick them in your pocket and start planning for them. Absolutely. And
1: you you know, another point that I want to make is we started this with the premise that, you know, somebody has got elevated into a, into a leadership position or you're new to a company. But I mean, this can be the same thought process and discussion for somebody who's been in a company for five years to really sit back and think about everything that's going on, you know, honestly assess your own, closeness to the situation. If you're if you're in meetings and you're finding, you know, issues or or you're you're finding yourself defending what the pro the existing process is, mm-hmm. really taking stock and saying, Well, you know what, what could be different? And am I too close to the situation to really see the shortfalls? So I think I think we can talk the same thing about somebody that's been in a position for a long time, and yeah. and, and, and it's, there's nothing wrong with with taking stock and seeing not don't change things just to change things. Maybe if it, if you can look at it this way, if everything's going on perfectly, and you can sit back at your desk and say, wow, everything is perfect. Really think about it. What what does perfect mean, and could it could it be better? because perfect doesn't really have a definition when it comes to business excellence.
0: You know, I think that's a great way to sum up this discussion, um, in in that you're, you're trying to truly evaluate what your organization currently looks like and what it should look like, you know, and as a leader, you've got to have a vision. You've got to, you've got to have something in play to, to elevate the organization to the next level. Um, you're trying to get to like we talked about in a minute ago, you're trying to get to world-class status. I think every company should try to make that part of their you know their goal you know right. is, is to be the best of the best. I mean what, <laughs> what co- yeah what company wants to sit around and go we just want to be uh, mediocre and kind of play in the middle ground and, and we're just okay with that <laughs> right
1: And right nobody nobody thinks that they want to be there but but companies end up there and right. and in my opinion why do they end up there because they do the same thing over and over again and if the market conditions are good enough for them to continue to sell and make a margin that is acceptable to whoever forecasted the year then you will you will sit there and spin in a circle yeah if if you if you sit back and say okay well how do we not only motivate, motivation is, is one level, but inspire our organization to do better than what is expected out of the industry, then that that's the step, first step, or, or one of the many steps to world-class, which you air quotes here, what, what a world-class organization does. It, I mean, it's inspiration versus motivation, two different things, two different yeah. things, kind yeah. of like leadership and, and manager.
0: Yep, yeah. agreed, right?
1: agreed. You know? And and inspiring people to do more is is a heck of a lot more fun and beneficial to both the leader and the people being led than just motivating them being a cheerleader rah-rah. There are pieces and parts of both of those that have to be done, but look at inspiration over motivation.
0: So to to, kind of wrap wrap this up, I think that that's – really one of the reasons why we started this podcast and and another reason why we're kind of circling around and going into some detail is that we're truly trying to give leaders and people in organizations somewhat of a roadmap uh to help support them as they're you know going through you know business activities and, and and business business functions so you know that's that's one of the reasons why we do this podcast Right,
1: we we have fun and we enjoy the business that we do. We enjoy talking about how to do business better. Yeah, and I would, it'd be great if more people could feel the same way rather than just having a
0: job. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, why don't we go ahead and uh, stop here for the uh, for this podcast? We appreciate everybody listening, and we will talk to you all next week. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode of man versus business. Please note that neither Sean nor myself are business consultants. We just have a strong passion for discussing all things business. Please remember to visit Sigma to see our other podcasts, our business ventures and our blog. And by the way, you can also drop us a line from the message page again. Thank you and have a good week.